And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Happy to be here also. Well, gentlemen, it's a delight to have you here in the studio with us again here on a Saturday. Once again, thanks so much for coming. Uh, You know, last week we started a discussion. I'm not sure that we ever really uh, had enough time to thoroughly finish it, Uh, but we started the discussion using the question, uh, what must I do to be saved? And we started talking about, well, why do I really need to be saved? And we talked about uh, the original sin of Adam and Eve and really the guilt of that first sin, and how that, uh, as a result of that, we have a lack of righteousness ourselves, and uh, really our whole nature has been corrupted, and it's called original sin, and how that Christ came to to satisfy the wrath of God against that sin. And um, so let's continue now talking about, really, the work of Jesus Christ uh, on behalf of his people uh, today here on A Plain Answer. Yeah, we talked about last week, especially we talked about atonement. And, of course, as you pointed out, Dan, it's how are we dealing with the sin? Or, actually, how is God dealing with the sin? That's more to the point. And we talked about uh, the atonement of taking the sin away, covering it, sending it away. But there's also another aspect of that idea of sin, and and you mentioned that, too. We've lost our righteousness. Mm. And so Scripture also talks about our righteousness— which is from God, and it does it with the term justification. We're justified by God. The Greek term is dikao, and it means to be declared just or righteous. What was that term again? The Greek term? Yeah. Dikao. Dikao, and it's very close to the other Greek term, dikaosune, which is the term we use for righteousness. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have that justification to be made right. Yeah, Romans five one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Mm-hmm. And that's that term that's used there. We're justified. We're made righteous mm-hmm. uh, by faith in Jesus Christ. Or declared in one declared. sense. Declared. There's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Declared righteous, but it can also be translated made righteous. There's a little debate over in certain contexts, which way it should be translated. The yeah. Reformers uh, translated it as declared, and I declared, think that yeah. is no doubt mm-hmm. the correct, correct translation because uh, that fits better in the context. And moreover, it seems to be exactly what St. Paul is saying when he is uh, commenting on uh, our relationship to Christ. And I think this is what the gospel is, very mm. simply, that God has done something for us in and through the person of Jesus Christ. That is, his life, yes, his death, yes, his resurrection, yes, the total aspect of his being Mm. and his Mm. work. God has done something for us that we could not and would not do for ourselves. And therefore, Christ is crucial. Uh, No pun intended. Christ is crucial Uh, to the believer's salvation. We are saved in him. So, like we were saying last week, um, there's really nothing, even though good works are wonderful, and you should try to do what's right in this world, uh, considering your standing before God, um, you need more than just your good works to have that fellowship restored with God your Creator. 
yeah, the, the righteousness of Christ you need. That, yeah. That's, that's it. I love the Westminster Shorter Catechism's definition of justification because it mm-hmm. brings a lot of these things in. It says justification is an act. I love that. It's an act of God, not mm-hmm. a process. It means it's an act mm-hmm. of God's free grace. And again, free grace, wherein he pardoneth all our sins and accepteth us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by mm. faith alone. A lot of big words in there. Yes, yes. And (laughs) and that received by faith alone is an important matter. Uh, The writer of Hebrews says, those who come to God must believe that he is. The faith here is a kind of trust. But, you know, I I, I can't uh, get away from uh, the book of Romans here on this. In uh, Romans chapter 10, there's a wonderful passage here that talks about coming to faith in Christ Uh, coming to Christ for his free gift of salvation, that if you confess, says the Apostle Paul, with your mouth, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mm -hmm. So we're not adding our works Right. It is faith that through faith that we receive Christ, but you know that needs explanation too. What do we mean by through faith? Well, Paul yeah. says the faith itself is a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it and it's talking about faith is the gift of God. So saving faith, our faith, that too is a gift of that God. Too is that a too gift. is a gift. Amen. Yep. Okay. We are enabled to come to Him and to receive Him. That is the power of the atonement mm-hmm. or the power of the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking at Galatians two sixteen, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith. Again, by faith of okay. Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. So last week we started off with the question, what must I do to be saved? We talked how that man was alienated from God, how that Christ comes. And now we're talking about this large word, this word justification. And uh, you've characterized it, as the Bible does, as a singular act that God does on behalf Mm. of his people. And uh, that text there, John, from Romans chapter 10 is key. Could you read that again for yeah, our listeners? Yes, it is. And I'm going to add one more verse to it. <laughs> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then verse 13 For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That is a wonderful promise. You know, I I think today, even today, there's probably people out there, they don't know if they're saved. And yet, some of them really care whether they're saved or not. Here God is telling us how to be saved. And Mm. this gift of faith comes from him. We simply follow through on what the scripture tells us here, and even that following through is a gift of God, so it's all of God. And yet, Mm. we can have an assurance, can't we? That's what's key here. You can have an assurance that indeed you are now a child of God. 
Yes, his spirit, says the Bible, witnesses with our spirit mm-hmm. that we are the children of God. Now, I know that some teach that you can never know in this life, but I think the scripture is quite mm-hmm. clear that we can have assurance that we can mm-hmm. know God and do know God and are received yeah. fully and freely right. into God's love and grace through the name. Notice yeah. that, the name of Christ. That's yeah. it. Just think of the human analogy. Uh, I know who my, my earthly father is, and I know I was part of that family, and that was an assurance. And so how much more so that we know that our Heavenly Father has now accepted us on behalf of Jesus and his sacrifice so we can know and have an assurance that God truly loves us. Well, we're out of time. We have to take a short break. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today, we're talking about what must I do to be saved and some follow-on thoughts from last week. Stay with us now. We'll be right back. I know you've heard the story. sound too good to be true You've heard about a place called home But there doesn't seem to be one for you So one more night you cry yourself to sleep And drift off to a distant dream We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. When love takes you in Everything changes A miracle starts With the beat of a heart When love takes you home
And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance, both pastors. We've been talking about the question, what must I do to be saved? And uh, let's just um, quickly take a short look at uh, church history. You know, um, uh, history, uh, particularly as the Christian church has reflected upon what God has done for us, and theologians in particular who have done so, and unpack some of these things. But one of my favorite quotes in the entire history of Christianity comes from a man who lived uh, in the 4th century, and his name was St. Athanasius. Hmm. And Athanasius, who lived uh, in the East, that is, uh, he lived in the uh, area of Egypt, Turkey, that region, part of the world, that was East, that was Eastern Christianity. Mm-hmm. But he said this, God became man that we may become God. Now, I like to explain that by saying like God, because we are never deified or become God in one sense, but we can become like God. Mm-hmm. I understand that very simply this way, that God became man to do what? To redeem us, to do something we could not yeah. do for ourselves, to die for our sins, that we might be restored, reconciled to the Father. Now, We've been talking about good works. Now, where do they come in? Well, they follow that we might then do the works of God. We've been freed up to do them and empowered to do the works of God. This is where good works come in, as far as I am concerned. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. Yeah, Mark, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is, you know, we've been in Romans a lot, and in Romans uh, 6, uh, 19, we have this, uh, you know, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Now, here's this word, sanctification. And what does it talk about? It Hmm. talks about us now who believe we can know God's will. Mm-hmm. And doing God's will. That's that's one of the definitions of sanctification. You know what? It, this re- reminds me of uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the law of God mm-hmm. and how that, that is a rule and guidance right. yeah. for for the, the spirit-filled believer. It's part of our sanctification, the yeah. law, is when it's understood mm-hmm. under sanctification, then it becomes hmm. uh, a guide and a rule and a goal to shoot for to mm-hmm. keep God's commands that he might be pleased. So so here we are, uh, man asks the question, what must I do to be saved? He comes to know God through faith in Jesus Christ. And now that he has a, what we would say, a regenerated heart, a new spirit that God has created within him, uh, he wants to really start following through and pleasing God in every avenue of his life. John, you'd mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about justification, you mentioned Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and I love that. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works. But then it continues into verse 10, and then it comes into our sanctification. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, Mm -hmm. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we're saved, have eternal life, but we're also saved so that we can live a life and do good works. Mm -hmm. We're justified or declared righteous. Right. That's being saved so that we might be sanctified or do good works, That's which right. is a process. Hmm. That's one right. One is an act and one is a process. Here again, Westminster Shorter Catechism. I love that. 
tremendous definitions here. <laughs> Sanctification is the work, not the act of God, mm-hmm. but the work of mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die to sin and live to righteousness. That is indeed a you process. Know, uh, let me draw an illustration from a, a great uh, historical work. In, in, I think most of you have heard of Les Miserables. Mm. In the center of that Victor Hugo's great work, Jean Valjean, the released prisoner, finds himself in a pastor's home, uh, in this case a bishop, and he steals from him and leaves, and he's caught by the police and brought back, and when he is confronted and has to stand before the bishop, uh, he is asked if he stole these things, if they belong to the bishop, and the bishop says, oh no. I gave those things to him. Hmm. It changed Jean Valjean's life when he was given a second chance Hmm. and a free gift. Hmm. I'm telling you, the gospel means that that free gift can change your life. That's right. And enable you to pursue the things of God and to seek his glory through glorifying him in your body and in your mind. Hmm. That's right. We have been transformed from enemies of God to his children. We've been adopted as his children, and as his children, we want to please him. As an old country preacher I once heard say, my wanter has been changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So in yeah. sanctification then, um, God is renewing us, our yeah. whole man after the image of God, and I think what you said earlier there, Mark, we're enabled more and more to die unto sin. And so this is um, very much a process. We're to be more and more and more like Jesus. Will we sin during this time? Yes, we will. Mm -hmm. Now, that brings up a question. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to get too denominational here, but uh, there is a a teaching that I grew up with, uh, and I think, Dan, you have too, where uh, in some cases it was believed that a person could be entirely sanctified in this life where in a sense they they really don't commit a sin, at least a major sin. Of course, you have to redefine sin down in order to meet this standard because if it's really held as the way the Bible holds sin to be any one of conformity to the will of God, then mm-hmm. no one meets it. But on the other hand, uh, the doctrine of entire sanctification, I think, is a bit uh, misleading and not in the Scripture, and it comes... Uh, not in this life, but in the transformation or glorification of the body. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we are to grow toward that in our daily walk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you even see it uh, among the early apostles, how they were growing in faith. Uh, obviously, in Acts chapter 10, Peter wasn't at the point yet of being able to accept Gentile Christians. And therefore, we had the whole incident where God brought them before Cornelius. Did he get everything right after that? No, he didn't. We still find Paul writing in Galatians that Peter still had this problem of of prejudice against Gentile Christians. Furthermore, you can see it in his relation to Christ. Yeah. At the crucifixion, he betrayed him. Right, right. But at the end of his life, if tradition is true, he was crucified upside down for him. Mm. So that would take, obviously, growth in Mm -hmm. the grace and knowledge Mm -hmm. of Christ. John, you taught me this years ago. If you look at Paul, and he starts off 
and you look at his letters, in his early letters, he starts off as the least of the apostles. In his latest, one of his last letters, he looks at himself as the chief of sinners. And you see how Paul has grown in, in grace and making less out of himself. More well, what, what, yes, yes, that is a good uh, progression. Uh, yeah. He calls himself the least of the apostles, then the least of the saints, saints and then yeah. at the end of his life, the chief of sinners. That progression does not mean Paul is a, a, a libertine and getting worse in his life. <laughs> right. What it means is he's getting more sensitive to the holiness mm-hmm. of God uh, who saved him freely in Jesus Christ. Yes. In fact, he was a better man having said, I'm the chief of sinners, right. uh, than he was before. Uh, there is a, a two, I think... Uh, I was describing the Methodist position there mm-hmm. a little bit. Not all Methodists hold to that. Of course, I grew up Methodist. Uh, and I, I think we have to say also in Catholicism, there's some confusion, uh, at least in the minds, we'll say, of the people. And there is a confusion, it seems to me, in general, uh, between justification and sanctification, yes. whereby then good works is counted as some way uh, as merit for your own salvation or even the merits of others that you can enter into mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. you can but it's only Christ's merit that saves us and not even my own good works right. but I do them because I mm-hmm. am saved justification always comes first always and then sanctification in and a way it's kind of simple isn't it yes we, we don't we, get the cart before the horse that's, that's right <laughs> that's it yeah you see that we start loving God and, and then we want to obey him you know, Christ has transformed our heart, brought us to himself, made us his child, and now we want to obey Daddy. Or as the scripture <laughs> says, he has poured his love in our hearts. That's right. And mm. adopted us. us. Isn't that a great right. word? Mm-hmm. Brought us into his family. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder, Mark, if you have that uh, section there on adoption in the catechism. I yeah, don't know the, what it the, says. It, like it, it's, it. Yeah, question... Question 34, it's right in between justification and sanctification. Mm -hmm. It says adoption is an act of God's free grace. So here again, it's an act. It's not a process Mm -hmm. whereby we are received into the number and have a right to all the privileges of sons of God. And Hmm. I I love 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Amen. Yeah. Now Jesus is the unique son Right. In that he is the true son, God of God, light of light. Mm. But we are children of God through adoption. Mm. Mm. Yes. And yet we have the same standing because we stand in Christ. That's right. Mm. And here's this uh, gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So indeed, God adopts us into his family We become his child by faith, and also we become heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Uh, It goes on to say in uh, Romans chapter 8. You might say Christ's destiny is the believer's destiny. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, today we're talking about the whole subject of what must I do to be saved, and now we've taken it a step further. We've uh, talked about in past uh, broadcasts how that man is alienated from God. He's inherited this sin uh, status all the way from Adam and Eve. 
and how that it really took the righteousness of Jesus Christ, uh, God incarnate in his son, Jesus Christ, coming to this earth, living a perfect life, and then dying on the cross for his people, and that righteousness of Christ being applied to his people, so that we have a standing before God the Father of being righteous, and God accepting us because of his son. And now, now that we're transformed, now that we're renewed in the Holy Spirit, we want to obey God. We've talked about sanctification, and then we step back and we even looked at the, the notion of adoption as sons of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. I would say that the greatest title that we can have is child of God. Mm-hmm. And we can stand and then we can say, I'm a child of God. That's it. And we can't do it apart from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and to have the confidence or assurance to say yeah, that, it yeah. is something that God yeah. conveys with the gift of his son, that we belong to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that uh, is most precious, too. Blessed yeah. assurance, Jesus is mine. Yes, amen. Well, I see we're at the end of our discussion here today, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, coming into the studio and joining me here on a Saturday. Today we've been talking about, uh, really, salvation and uh, how that we're alienated from God and how Jesus Christ uh, covers our sins and makes us righteous before God the Father. Uh, Any final comments before we turn off the mic for this uh, session? The only comment I would say is, is for the listener the question you have to ask yourself is, where do I fit? You know, am I still an enemy with God, or am I his child? Mm. And and if you can't say, I'm his child and I've been adopted, then uh, you need to contact this station and, and uh, contact <laughs> someone so that you can, can uh, That's true. be assured to, to know that, that you're a child of God. That's right. And these big words we use, uh, we can't give them up. We just have to educate people up to them. Mm-hmm. Because they are uh, so so wonderful and rich mm-hmm. in setting forth the atonement of Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to close with a verse from Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Mm-hmm. And that is for us, Christ's completed work has reconciled us to our Father in Heaven. Amen. Today you've been listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. In the studio has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. If you have any related questions to the discussion today, we would invite you to call our toll-free number. That number is 888-724-724. 4427 or visit us on the web at redeemerbroadcasting.org for a plain answer i'm dan elmendorf please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of a plain answer <laughs>